Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2041. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the La Jolla Concord Elegance. It takes place April 22nd, 23rd, and 24th at the beautiful La Jolla Cove. To learn more and purchase your tickets, go to LaJollaConcord.com. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Guess what? Today I'm back in my hometown, La Jolla, California, with a very special guest by the name of Chuck Spillman. Chuck, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready to release the clutch, and I'm delighted to be joining you. So thank you very much. You're welcome. This will be a lot of fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we talk about your passion for cars and the La Jolla Concours, would you share one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Chuck? Yeah, of course. I think I come across to most people as very mild-mannered and have an easy way about me. But what they don't know is that I'm a really good negotiator and I can be a pretty tough negotiator, but in a very quiet way. Oh, okay. You're one of those guys. I get it. You yeah, be- <laughs> one of those guys. I, I like to finish a negotiation where everybody wins a little bit, and usually that's held me in pretty good stead. So, Well, I think so. And given your career and, and what you've done with your life and uh, what you've created, uh, that makes sense to me. So the art of nego- negotiation, that is an art and a skill that... Uh, Boy, not a lot of people have, so very well done. Well, let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to dive into this world. Sure. Chuck Spielman is an avid automotive enthusiast and collector who owns only yesterday classic autos. It's a 30,000-square-foot facility filled with exceptional automobiles, automobilia, and the Hall of Heroes, which is a tribute to America's serving men and women, both past and present. He served in the U.S. Army after earning his MBA in 1967 and served as an advisor to Vietnamese troops uh, attached to Military Assistance Command in Vietnam. He held top secret security clearance and was honorably discharged in 1970. And the awards and citations while serving include a Bronze Star, an Army Commendation Medal, and the Vietnamese Cross of Gallantry. Chuck worked at Hemsley Spear, a large national real estate firm from 1970 until 1998. I think they liked you, Chuck, starting in their maintenance (laughs) department and ending his career as managing director and partner. There you go. His love affair with cars began with his own part-time antique and classic car business that I mentioned earlier, only yesterday, back in 1996. And I'll tell our listeners, I've been able to visit that facility. I was at the 2019 La Jolla Concours. I got to travel on the tour in a 1932 uh, Bentley, actually. And we stopped at Chuck's place Oh my gosh, Chuck, you got a little <laughs> collecting problem going there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like a lot of others. Yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our valued sponsor, so give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Covercraft has the most complete line of custom seat covers available. Choose between the polycotton seat savers, Endura Precision Fit Custom Seat Covers, Leatherette Precision Fit Custom Seat Covers, and their durable Carhartt Seat Covers. 
They're all easy to install and remove. And guess what? They're machine washable too. Easy cleanup to make them look brand new. No more worries about the kids spilling on your seats or your pets damaging your expensive upholstery or leather. Covercraft's quality seat covers protect from damaging pet claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, food, drink spills, drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's fine surfaces. Headrest and armrest covers and color options are also available on many of the styles. And I've got a great offer for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping with the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Visit Covercraft.com today. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Green's here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Chuck, we are back. So, I understand, I spoke with Michael Dorvier, who's a co-director of the La Jolla Concord, that the guy I'm talking to today, right now, is the guy that started all of this. You were responsible for this little <laughs> car show becoming what it is today. So, I want you to take us back to the beginning. What inspired you to start the La Jolla Car Show, which, of course, has evolved over the years and grown into this state-of-the-art facility. It's like a Pebble Beach type event. So, take us back to the beginning, because I don't know this story. Well, in the beginning, there were a group of car enthusiasts, a core group of car enthusiasts in town here that we that we, we would go for rides on Saturdays and Sundays. And one day we were sitting around having coffee someplace, and I brought up the idea that wouldn't it be nice if we could put on a, a car show that would benefit the village and bring business into La Jolla? And we thought about what we wanted to do, and everybody sort of agreed, yeah, it would be a great idea. And we'll start out using Pebble Beach as our role model. And we knew that we wouldn't be able to develop a Pebble Beach kind of show right away. But we figured we've got a beautiful venue down by the ocean. And we'll start with that and then see where it goes from there. And it's just evolved over uh, several years to becoming one of the best shows in the country. And we're now getting cars from all over the country to enroll in our, our car show here. And, and the village has benefited from it. And it's been a wonderful thing for everybody. So uh, I'm delighted to have been there. What year was that? Uh, that's probably going back uh, 12 or 13 years now. 
Well, Michael told me, he said, Mark, when you talk to Chuck, you know, he's the one that got me involved in this when they well, they got it going and it started happening. And then they saw there was some great potential here. And he, right. that art of negotiation, I think that kind of worked with Michael because he goes, <laughs> somehow he talked me into doing this thing. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. I did. It's true. You know, he, he Mike is a great guy, great personality and a serious car guy. And uh, he came to me probably eight, nine years ago and said he wanted to be involved in the show. And little did he know that I had big plans to make him president for life. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's done a wonderful job and he's elevated the show uh, many levels up uh, from where it was. And he's a great organizer. And there are some great people who he has worked with to make the show what it has become. And uh, it's very highly prized by people in the village. And everyone looks forward to it year to year. You know, this event, listeners, takes place down at Ellen Browning Scripps Park. This is a park that I grew up at. We used to go and have picnics on Sundays after church in that park. In fact, one of those beautiful trees down there ate a couple of my baseballs. I've always, every time I go back, I look up and I go, wonder if those baseballs are still up in those trees. <laughs> but uh, used to body surf off of Boomer's Beach there. I learned how to snorkel at the Cove. It is one of those settings for you listeners that have not been there before that is just mind-boggling because you see the coast over at La Jolla Shores, Black's Beach, another great surfing spot. Uh, but you're elevated up high. And I understand this year you're going to have some more beautiful old aircraft that are going to be flying by? Yes, yes. We've gotten some uh, help from Bill Allen, who's a wonderful guy. And the uh, flyovers of the vintage aircraft has proven to be a very popular thing. And uh, we are trying to expand on it. And I think we're going to actually have that this year. Yep, that's what uh, Michael told me. Now, this event is taking place over a period of days, so maybe you can talk a little bit about the different aspects of this year. I know, and I need to ask you this first, how much are you still involved with this? Well, not as much as I used to be because I'm involved in a lot of other things, but you might say I'm a, oh, a sort of a co-chairman emeritus, and uh, I'm on the field on Sunday helping Mike and putting out fires and helping him do whatever needs to be done and always available for consultation throughout the year. And that's pretty much what my role is right now. Well, the great thing is they're going to do something a little different this year, and they're going to have a big gala. I think it's on Prospect Street. They're going to block it off, and all the stores will be open. The cars will be parked up there. Different cars will be parked up there, which is a little different than the events they've had in the past with the big dinner meal type thing. But this opens up the village, which is why you started this, to help the village stores and drive more business, right? Yes, that's that's correct. And we're really looking forward to seeing the results of this. And uh, I think each year it's helped the village, but I think this year it's going to help it even more. Now, I also want to learn a little bit more about Only Yesterday Classic Autos because I was really privileged to get to be a part of uh, the tour that year in 2019 and get to visit your facility. And, you know, I was joking, but it really is. You've got a collection problem, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you like know. You like to collect really cool things. But I'll tell you something that stood out for me was one part of your collection had to do with honoring people that have served. And I would love for you to talk a little bit more about why the Hall of Heroes, which pays a tribute to to uh, America's serving men and women is so special to you. Yes, of course. I've had a lifelong interest in military history that 
really began when I was a little boy. Um, my dad was a little bit too old to be in World War II, but he was a card player. And when his friends would come over, they were all World War II veterans, and they would talk about their experiences in the war. And I was fascinated with that from the time I was maybe five or six years old. And uh, early on, instead of watching, you know, the programs most kids watch, you know, with the dawn of television, Howdy Doody and Hopalong Cassidy, I was busy watching Victory at Sea. And I, I always loved my country and, you know, look forward to the day when I could serve. I enlisted and, as you mentioned previously, was an infantry officer in Vietnam. But Vietnam wasn't um, a very popular place to be as a veteran coming home to the United States. And I thought that was very, very unfair. And I said to myself uh, in 1970, when I came home from Vietnam, that someday I wanted to do something to pay tribute to men and women who served in the armed forces. And over the years, over the 52 years since then, I always collected military memorabilia. Uh, when my wife and I would go on a vacation, uh, my wife would be looking for a quilt, and I would be looking for a bullet or a letter from a soldier or a set of stripes. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I collected a reasonable amount of memorabilia. And then in 2008, I decided to create a museum, uh, a private museum that hopefully would be open to children one day to learn about military history, to learn about the Holocaust. And I never lost sight of the fact that I wanted to do this. It just took me the better part of 40 years to figure out what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and when, I, when I figured it out, my mission statement, if you will, was to make the museum a personal experience for everybody who saw it. So hmm. instead of just looking at artifacts, you will be looking at the, the artifact and the person who used the artifact and the story between the two. So I started that in uh, 2008, and, you know, it's gradually taken on a life of its own to the point where I am now the official affiliate of the San Diego Air and Space Museum. Uh, believe it or not, I even did a consulting job to the State Department. And the personal nature of the museum is really what resonates with everyone. Uh, we are, we do everything by appointment, so we are now on the, or part of the course curriculum of two universities and two high schools, and wow. it's wonderful to have these young people here, and it's wonderful to see how interested they are in these stories, and it, it just makes me feel so good to see that that interest is there. It is really spectacular, and again, I was very honored to be able to see it. Now, in addition to that, you have an incredible collection of very cool cars. Can you talk a little bit about if you have a type of car, a mark or era that you're really fond of with, when it comes to collecting old cars? As you said, Mark, I have a collection problem because I like everything. <laughs> yes, you do. So um, <laughs> uh, in the car collection, we have things from the 1930s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, modern uh, supercars, a little bit of everything. And mm. that's pretty much what uh, the concentration is. And by the way, I love to drive everything. So I really enjoy, you know, driving even cars that are 90 years old. I really firmly believe that if cars are not used, they deteriorate just like we will if we don't move around. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that day was so much fun for me because I got to ride in a 1932 Bentley and oh, open car all over San Diego. Got a little sunburn because I'm a little uh, phallically, 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 phallically challenged at the top of my head. <laughs> that was a bad way okay. to say that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You might need to edit that. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. I actually might leave okay. it. It might be kind of fun. It was a wonderful day. And I, I, I must say, uh, the only thing that trumped the highlight of visiting your place is we ended up at Point Loma. And that's where uh, my mother and father-in-law are in turned up there uh, at the beautiful um, military uh, facility that is just a spectacular, sad, but spectacular in, in its beauty and overlooking uh, San right. Diego 
in the ocean and, and mm-hmm. yeah, kind of like Arlington, uh, mini Arlington, if you will, uh, which is right. pretty spectacular. So very, very cool. Now, you had a very successful career in the real estate industry. I love your story. A guy that started at the bottom, I, I hate to say the bottom, but maintenance, let's say a beginning point in your career and ended up being a partner, a managing director of that business. And no doubt you learned a lot the, along the way. And perhaps you had what I like to call a driving inspiration or some type of successful mentor or influential person or people in your life. And I like to ask this question because some people don't even know that they can have such a thing in their life. They kind of go through isolated, but there's always people around us that want to help. Was there somebody in your life that helped you quite a bit in your career as you progressed? Well, my role models were my my dad and my maternal grandfather. They were both uh, very seriously involved in my life growing up. Uh, we lived in an apartment building in Queens, New York, and my grandparents lived right below us. So my grandpa wow. had retired uh, as a detective and a 36-year member of uh, New York's finest, the police force. And I looked up to him. And um, going into my career after the Army, I always thought that I would be going into business with my dad and my uncle, who had a Chevrolet dealership in New York and Brooklyn. But while I was in Vietnam, they decided after 52 years that they were going to pack it in. And my father-in-law offered me a job in the family real estate business, and he proved to be a very wonderful uh, mentor for me and somebody that I could always go to and somebody who always was there for me with the right answers to everything. And they were a huge help to me in my career. And of course, my wife, my wonderful wife, Amy, of uh, 54 years, has always supported me in everything I've done. And I don't think I would be who I am without her. Wow. You have been a fortunate man to have people like that in your life. And it sounds like starting with your grandfather, that drive to serve others was there in the bloodstream. Yes, it definitely was. I mean, I have very vivid memories of uh, of my grandfather and always telling me, you know, to do the right thing and, you know, being grateful for what I have. My dad sort of came from that same position, too. He, he was a very successful guy in business, and I love the way my dad operated. I used to go to work with him on Saturdays. He was wonderful with people, and he, he had that same philosophy of everybody's got to win a little bit. You know, you can't shove it down somebody's throat. He said to me that the secret to being a successful salesman is not to sell somebody something once, but sell it to them several times <laughs> and having them come back and be loyal customers. So I, 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 I got a lot from that. You know, it sounds a little bit like uh, you probably know him, a guy that has some spectacular cars, Bruce Canepa in Scotts yes, Valley. Of course. Yeah, and you know, I remember one time saying, you know, Mark, if I could count how many times I've sold and resold and resold and resold the same car, <laughs> he said, I'd need more fingers because uh, he goes, yeah. that's a big part of it. But I, I thought of him when you said that is being able to sell to somebody once, but then doing it over and over. But in the case of Bruce, and I'd assume in the case of your career and your family, doing the right thing with people is the reason people come back, right? Absolutely, yes. Positively. Yeah. Plus, Bruce's cars are nice. Ooh. <laughs> oh, they are so nice. He's a great guy. I've bought a few cars from him, and um, he's he's great to work with. Yeah, he never disappoints when one of his cars rolls off the transporter. That's for sure. No. <laughs> no, that, that's for sure. I know they're pricey, but uh, you get what you pay for. And as uh, Always. Yeah, yeah, as Bruce Myers always said, only cry once, but buy the best you can afford. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good advice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back, we'll talk a little bit about a challenge. So keep that thought in mind. And We'll be right back. I've teamed up with AutoGeek because 
Well, they've been the leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, for more than 20 years. Their Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax is specially formulated from Brazilian Carnuba Wax. It's easy to apply on any paint surface and provides that warm glow that we love, especially me on my vehicles. You're going to love it too. A favorite of car shows countrywide, Pinnacle Sovereign Paste Wax from AutoGeek wipes on easily, requires no drying time, is easy to remove, and provides up to 90 days of protection against damaging environmental contaminants. This wax is designed to exceed the standards of the most discriminating enthusiasts and collectors. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their very skilled technical support. Autogeek.net. That's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. So Chuck, let's talk about this. I like to ask my guests about big challenges, big obstacles, maybe even a big failure. This could be in life, could be in business, could have to do with the Concord. Doesn't really matter. The real story here is what was that learning lesson so you could move forward in a positive way? So take us maybe on a little bit of a bumpy ride. Well, I would have to say that my uh, service in the armed forces and my year in Vietnam was probably the seminal point in my life of something that was challenging. Uh, I came from a, you know, a very good home, very good family, wonderful parents. And, um, I go off to war. I was scared. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. I got to Vietnam. It was hot and, and I said to myself, what is a nice boy from a good home doing in a place like this? Yes. And uh, I began to say to myself, you know what? I'm going to be here for a year. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to see what's wanted and needed, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out a way to make this experience really count for something and not just put in the time. So I would say that that probably was my biggest challenge, but I am very glad to say that I successfully met the challenge and my army service and what I did during that year made me who I am. I am so proud of having done it. I would, I would gladly do it again if given the opportunity, but I don't think they're calling back many 79 year old infantry officers. So yeah, maybe not. Although I have a feeling they could definitely use your brain power. Uh, that's for right. sure. But you know, you sound a lot like my father-in-law because after coming back from Vietnam, he stayed in the Marine Corps after going through that, he was wounded several times. And then he went on to serve in different parts of the Marine Corps all over the world. I went to different places in, in the world and he would go off for a while and come back and, and do different things. And um, it was about, trying to help other countries and, and other people and to better themselves and train and all that kind of thing. So, uh, again, uh, my hat's off to you, sir. That was, uh, Thank that was pre- you. And, Thank you, and pretty amazing that you went through school, then got an MBA, and you joined because a lot of people, uh, you know, they would go to college so they didn't have to be drafted, uh, and you chose to serve. So, again, uh, spectacular. Thank you. You're welcome. At this point in your life, you've accomplished so much in so many different aspects of your life. Are there still some items maybe on your bucket list, Chuck, that you'd like to like to do with yourself? Well, I want to continue my work with young people, teaching them about um, military history, what it is like to do something outside yourself and serve your country. I want to teach people about the Holocaust and the terrible things that we see happening today that we always have to be mindful of of watching out for. And I think the mission in whatever time I have left will be to continue uh, working with children, educating them to whatever extent I can, and and providing uh, a a look into past history. Because, you know, as uh, I think it was George Santa Ana who who said that uh, if we don't remember the 
past will forget it. And you, you know what? Doomed to repeat it. <laughs> and and I just you know I'm, as an individual, I'm. I want to continue to do my part to see that that doesn't happen. Again, so important. I was just talking with a friend over the weekend at how really uh, upsetting sometimes it is to meet people and even older people. I won't just pick on young people that don't know their history and they'll say things or you'll mention things to them and they look at you like a deer in the headlights. Like, what are you talking about? When did that happen? How did that happen? And it's history so important. And I just, I don't know if it's really being taught well. These days, I agree with you. I I don't think it's being taught particularly well. And um, I'll give you an example of it. A few months ago, the New York Times did a survey of people 40 and under, and there were a thousand people who were asked what Auschwitz was, and 66% of them said they never heard of it. Oh my gosh. Wow. So that's an that's an example. That's why education and um, re- reiterating what happened during those awful times is so important. Yeah. You know, and it, even more modern things are, I was mentioning to someone, uh, it was a young man who was working on our house here and we started talking a little bit. I bought, I made him some lunch and I mentioned uh, the Red Brigade, the Chinese in the 60s. And what they did. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? He had no idea. He had no idea. And it's really sad because today there's so much opportunity to go online and learn history. You just got to be careful. It's the accurate history. But uh, I I just kind of went, how did you not know that? Right. Uh, And you know what? To to most young people today, my time in the service, what I did in Vietnam is just a, a distant history lesson to people. So it's important to keep this in front of the younger folks and just let them know that it's part of life and part of what we live. Yep. Yeah, and sadly, uh, we're going through another terrible time right now with yes, Ukraine and what's going on there. It's just tragic. It's, it's awful. Awful. It's tragic. For I sure. Agree. So, well, let's get back to something a little more fun here and talk about cars. Now, this might be a challenge for you, but maybe not. I like to ask everybody to... Share one special vehicle in their life. Now, someone like you who had many special vehicles, this could be a challenge or maybe it's an easy one for you. But if you could just pick one for today, it doesn't have to be your favorite because, you know, picking one favorite when you have multiple cars is hard. But one special vehicle and maybe share a story about that ride. Oh, absolutely. It's it, uh, That's actually a very easy question for me to answer. The special vehicle would be my 289 Shelby Cobra that I bought in 1984. And I bought it in 1984, and my wife said to me, you know, you paid an awful lot for that. I don't think you were ever going to get your money back. And <laughs> Well, you showed her. <laughs> la- <laughs> yeah, four years later, I got my money back times three. Yeah. And, um, you know, she was very happy with that. But I was very sad to lose the car because my children, who were now adults, grew up in it with me. You know, uh. we went for rides on the weekend. And when they were young, I put their hands on the shifter and I moved it back and forth. And <laughs> they loved the sounds and the smell. And when I sold it, I wasn't in... In the financial position to turn down a lot of profit. Uh, we were building uh, a wing on our house, and it was the right thing to do at the time. And I lost contact with the fellow who bought it for me. And 10 years later, he called me out of the blue and um, needed some money and offered to sell me the car back. And I spoke to my wife about it, and she said, absolutely do it before he changes his mind. So <laughs> I, I got the car back in 1998, and it'll be my children. And wow. um, they still love it as young adults. I mean, I go out for rides, and they all fight to see who's going to be in the seat next to me. So <laughs> that's, that's my favorite. Okay, now I have to ask you this, because in 1984, my wife and I got married. 
married at the La Jolla Presbyterian Church. It was right. it was probably it was on record the hottest day ever recorded in La Jolla, California, which is on the coast. It typically doesn't get that hot mm-hmm. there, but it was miserable. And I was thinking the day we got married, if this wasn't my wedding, I wouldn't be here today because <laughs> the church didn't have any air conditioning. Now the ring, oh. reason I bring this up is during that wedding ceremony, there was one point where. Everyone was quiet. I believe a prayer was being said. And someone went down the street, and my wife looked in a very loud car. My my wife looked at me, and I said, it's either a Ford Mustang, a 350 GT, or a Cobra. (laughs) So so I have to ask, was that that you? (laughs) That's amazing. She grew up with with the right family. Uh, well, I tell you, it wasn't anybody involved in in the service. They just went down that street there, and they made a whole lot of noise when the quiet, the church was very quiet. And I, the the priest who married us, he, he was a friend of mine, in fact, one of my best men's father. And he heard that, and he started laughing, and he couldn't stop <laughs> laughing. And later That's at wonderful. the uh, later at the um, reception, I had to tell that story because people are going, "Why was the guy laughing up there? What, <laughs> yeah. what was that all That's about?" Great. Yeah. So I, now I might know who that was. Maybe that was you when you just got your car. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I think that'd be cool. So I'm going to be your car psychologist here, Chuck. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit. If you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is you, how you perceive the man in the mirror. What would you be, but more importantly, why? Well, I would be my 289 Cobra because while it's old, it's getting old gracefully. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it moves and fast and makes a lot of noise. And I guess that would describe me and my stage in life. Okay. <laughs> well, we won't go any further than that. But uh, I think yeah. that's a pretty good story. Ah, I love it. What color is your Cobra? Red with a black interior. Oh, of course. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. I love it. So is there a great book that you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yes. Um, I just finished a book called The Choice by Dr. Edith Eager, who was a survivor of the Nazi death camps. Mm. And she survived some unbelievable cruelties. And she became a PhD in psychology. And it's all about how she was able to turn her life around and become very successful in spite of the cruelties that she endured. It's very, very inspirational, and I would gladly recommend that to anyone. Wow, sounds like a great book. I've not been recommended that book, and my listeners know you'll find over 2,000 books listed on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, so I'll make sure that one is added, and I'll get myself a copy and read that. Sounds sounds wonderful, Good. like a great inspiration. So before I let you go today, Chuck, I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive. I'm going to open my big, giant Cars yeah checkbook, which means I'm going to buy you any car in the world. You can drive it anywhere in the world and you can be with anybody in the world living or someone who's passed, which opens up the opportunities a little bit. So what does the ultimate drive look like for a guy who's been on many ultimate drives? Well, I think if I could I could drive any car in the world, I would drive a 1967 Ferrari Nart Biter. I would have my wife next to me, and I would be driving through Colorado or Arizona. The top would be down, the air would be crisp, the leaves would be turning colors, and I'd be talking about how lucky I am to be alive. You know, it sounds like the Colorado Grand, maybe, or the Copper State event, something like that. Yeah, those are great events. I have a feeling you've done those. Well, I happen to know a guy up here who has a yellow Nart Spider. You probably know John Shirley. 
Oh, yeah, very well. Yeah. I know of him, of course. Yeah, he's got a uh, beautiful yellow nart spider that uh, he's had for a long, long time. So maybe I can uh, wedge that out of his hands for the day. Well, the, the, the only yeah, the only thing you need to do is is come up with the checkbook with unlimited zeros in it. Yes, well, and, I'm working you know, on that. <laughs> then, 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 we'll be, then we'll talk. Yeah, <laughs> I'm working on that. It's hard to move okay. that decimal point to the right, uh, especially, oh, yeah. especially right now with the market and the cost of goods. Oh, my gosh, it's really affecting everything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, a little oh, bit of, of a tough time. Might have to wait a year or so, but uh, I'll do the best I can for you, Chuck. Okay. So before I okay. let you go, could you share a success quote, a mantra, or some kind of words of inspiration for our listeners? Yes. I have a sign on my desk, and I've had it here for a couple of years, and it's sort of what motivates me. And this is it. All men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds wake in the day to find that it was vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for they may act on their dreams with open eyes to make them possible. And that's from T.E. Lawrence. Ah, oh, it's wonderful. I love that quote. Yeah. Wonderful words of inspiration and wisdom from a guy who's uh, responsible for starting the La Jolla Concourse. So very cool. Well, listeners, if you would like to learn more, you can go to LaJollaConcourse.com. I encourage you to go now and get your tickets. If you've not attended this event, Hey, you know, the lockdowns are kind of gone now. COVID, so got to maybe be careful, but it's going to have a fun time here in La Jolla. I'm going to be there, so I hope you can join Chuck and I for an absolutely delightful day. Chuck, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. You're, you're taking time out of your busy schedule and spending it with us today until you and I talk again, my friend. I'll see you at the La Jolla Concord. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Being a professional automotive technician today requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is pleased to support TechForce Foundation. It's one of our charities of choice and its efforts to help young people pursue the technical education and careers as automotive techs. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experience with cars, trucks, boats, and more, TechForce and Carsia are working to connect young people with viable careers in the automotive sector. Join us by visiting techforce.org today. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!